The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's a nine minutes after eight. And thank you so much for staying with us here on SAFM. On the Forum at 8 this morning, we discuss a murder trial that has gripped the attention of millions, not only in South Africa, but across the world. International and local media, as we heard earlier from Tepiso Marquetla, have set up camp outside the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria, waiting for Judge Togozile Masipa to deliver judgment in the trial of Oscar Pistorius. The Paralympian faces a premeditated murder charge after he shot and killed his girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp, at his Pretoria home on Valentine's Day last Last year. Other charges include the illegal possession of ammunition and two counts of discharging firearms in public. What is most gripping about this particular case in, uh, is that South Africans, for the first time, were actually able to watch the trial unfold on live television. And on the Forum at 8 this morning, we will recap some of the most significant and more interesting moments of this trial. And we want you to tell us what your opinions are regarding this matter. And I know I'm seeing the messages coming through, people already giving their verdicts on this particular matter. We want to hear from you. We want to hear which moments you thought were the most seminal in this particular trial. Which moments will live on in your memory forever? That's what we are talking about. That's what we want to hear about. 0891-104-208. That's the number you can dial in on. You can also SMS us on 34701. Tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. But just to recap and, you know, to give us a timeline of events as they unfolded, we're going to cross now again to the North Gauteng High Court where our colleague and a Crime reporter, author Jacques Steenkamp is standing by. Jacques, thank you so much for uh, speaking to us at this point. Now, obviously, a lot has happened over six and a half months of this particular Oscar Pistorius trial. But let's just take a moment to recap and walk through that timeline. Yeah, good morning, Sakina. Uh, basically, it all started in March when the trial commenced, and from there. It basically, the state called their witnesses, which included like the neighbors of Oscar Pistorius, like Michelle Berger and Estelle van der Merwe. And these guys all testified that they, you know, they heard the people arguing and they heard the gunshots. And then we moved on and it went through April into May when the defense called their witnesses as well. And one of the, fir- the defense's first witnesses, obviously, um, was one of, one of the first witnesses was Oscar Pistorius himself, which he testified, and he basically changed his version on the stand, and he contradicted, contradicted himself, and he also um, you know, blamed his legal team for loads of mistakes that was made. But then the defense called um, a, a psychiatrist, and she basically um, stated that Oscar might be uh, suffering from an anxiety uh, disorder, and that basically gave the state prosecutor Harry Nell the opportunity to bring this up and he brought an application to the court that Oscar be admitted to a psychiatric hospital to be evaluated for a month to see whether or not that is true and if he can be held um, accountable for his actions. So that basically happened at the end of May and Oscar was admitted to a hospital in Gauteng until the end of June whereby they returned to court on the 30th of June and they basically said that he is fine, he doesn't suffer from anxiety. And then they, then now, sorry, Barry Rue, the uh, Oscar, Oscar's um, legal rep- rep- representative, he 
he called a couple more witnesses and he closed his case by saying that he wanted to call more witnesses but they were fearful of the media attention of his case brought they didn't want um, to be like, like to view around the world they were quite scared of the whole the you know the live broadcast of his case so he closed his case and then they they postponed uh, for the closing arguments and after that Masipa uh, postponed for about in, in July until now for this uh, the judgment that's expected today uh, which might last until tomorrow and what for you, Jacques, stood out as the most powerful moment in this trial? To me, it's obviously, I, I think, Oscar's testimony. Because, I mean, everybody expected to wait to hear what he's going to say. And I think the, the, the way he contradicted himself and he changed, he, you know, his version of events. And then especially the, the fact that he blamed his legal team for the mistakes. I mean, Harry Nell has brought up a lot of times during the trial that Oscar refuses to take responsibility for his actions. Um, and I think that's quite important because I think today, if you listen to this judgment, we're going to see how if Masipa actually like, basically going to summarize the, the, the evidence of all the witnesses. And from that, we'll be able to determine what's going to be the initial outcome. Because especially like yourself and Amara, one of the neighbors who heard the argument early in the morning. I mean, if Masipa rejects that um, our testimony, then that's the state's case for premeditated murder. So then they might have to, we can expect probably a murder or culpable homicide. Ex- Do you think that uh, that particular um, uh, witness was really good enough to, uh, you know, m- make the state's case for premeditated murder? I, 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 I'm just a journalist, and I'm observe, observing this. Mm-hmm. But I reckon, yeah, I believe. I think she was she was plausible. I don't think she was lying, or I think she heard what she said she heard. And I think that'll be quite important to see whether Masipa is going to take that into account or not. Um, yeah, so I think that, that, that's going to be very important. I mean, obviously Oscars as well. If Masipa re- rejects Oscars' testimony, that's going to say a lot about the outcome as well. So we're basically going to have to see what, like a scorecard. You're going to see, you know, who scores points, whose mm. testimony is going to be rejected, and whose testimony, whose testimony is going to stand. Hold up. Absolutely. Jacques Stienkamp, thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Our colleague and uh, reporter, author, uh, taking us through that timeline of the Oscar Pistorius trial. Now, um, I know looking at the messages here that you have an opinion either way. Do give us a call 0891-104-208 and tell us, walk us through, you know, your recollection of the Oscar Pistorius trial. Tell us which moment uh, was indelibly etched into your memory from this particular trial, what you thought was interesting, what you thought was perhaps uh, something untoward uh, given how this trial unfolded, the fact that we were able to watch this live on television and the effect that this will have on cases going forward, would people be scared to come out and testify given um, you know, some of the retribution that we saw being meted out on some of the witnesses after appearing at the Oscar Pistorius trial would love to hear your views on that and anything else that you would like to raise around this particular story. Now, looking at some of the messages on Twitter, Pora Manoto says, it's hard for Oscar Pastorius' family, but it's even hard, harder for Riva Stienkamp's family. I hope the judge has made a correct decision. Now, see, that's very interesting. When you say a correct decision, what is a correct decision? And I think very importantly, it's all going to come down to which version Judge Masipa then decides is the one that she accepts as the most plausible of all that was presented to her. We're joined on the line now by attorney uh, Tyron Maseko, who is a criminal lawyer. He's also at the North Gauteng High Court. Thanks for speaking to us this morning, Tyrone. 
My pleasure. Now, you know, looking at what could potentially happen today, when Judge Masipa sits down, I mean, she will, of course, go through um, what was presented to her. But what are some of the potential verdicts that she could put out there? Okay, so when one is talking about verdicts in this particular case, I think we're looking at a possibility of four, really, uh, on the murder charge, which is the main charge, the premeditated murder charge. It's either Oscar Pistorius is convicted of premeditated murder, which carries a minimum sentence of life in prison. So that would mean that it, Oscar Pistorius wouldn't qualify for, uh, for parole until he has spent about 25 years in jail, minimum. Um, but I don't think that that's a really uh, a prospect in this case, simply because the state didn't really show or prove premeditation in this matter. Sure, they tried, but I'm not convinced that they actually uh, were able to prove the premeditation element. Now, if the court finds that premeditation has not been proven in this matter, then alternatively the court would say, well, all the legal requirements, the factors required to prove murder otherwise have been showed and are present in this case, in which case we'll convict you of common law murder, which does not really carry a minimum sentence and that is left to the discretion of the court. If if the court finds that, well, the prosecution fails to prove intention in this matter, then we're looking at a possibility of culpable homicide if Oscar Pistorius acted negligently. So if he didn't observe the reasonable man's standard and he didn't adhere to it or live up to that standard, then he could be convicted of culpable homicide or he could be acquitted. And, of course, you know, watching all of this, and we are beset by what happens in uh, the U.S. legal system, given what we consume on TV and other forms of media. One of the things that stuck out for me, Tyrone, was the absence of a motive, or at least what I thought was, uh, you know, proving conclusively a motive for why he went out. Because, And I found that very disturbing, because otherwise it means that this guy just lost it, went out and shot at someone, someone he claims to love. Well, it's a good observation. It's a good question. And that's why, even though, strictly speaking, in legal terms, we don't really speak of motives. So when we look at the elements of what is it that the state is required to prove in order to sustain a, a charge of murder, motive is not one of them. However, if you were able to present a motive, a reason why someone would want to do a particular thing, so for example, if uh, not applicable in this case, but let's take an extreme example. Let's say you wanted to kill your wife because you wanted to claim the uh, insurance money. Then there's a motive. Then you've got a reason. Then you can say this person actually planned this thing. There was premeditation. And it's in that situation that we can start talking about premeditated murder. But in this case, the state really had difficulty to try with the WhatsApps, but they really couldn't find the smoking guy. But they, that does not necessarily mean that he's not guilty of murder, because remember mm. that motive is not a requirement to convict someone of murder. The only, besides all the elements, other elements which we accept are, are present in this case, they are common cause such as unlawfulness, the killing, all of those are present. The one, this whole case centered around whether Oscar Pistorius had the intention to kill, and that intention goes to murder. Mm. And, and and how does that then impact on the judge's ultimate decision? Look with her. I mean, she's been presented with so much evidence, and it's such a difficult job uh, because what you then require to do as a judge is to sit with all that evidence. First of all, try and work out uh, or portion credibility and reliability to the various witnesses. Once you've determined that and uh, weigh up 
the evidence or apportion weight to the evidence? How important is the evidence in the grand scheme of things? Now, the, the difficulty then comes in trying to tie all of this. What does this evidence mean? If I accept that there were screams before there were gunshots, of course, there are uh, differing accounts of this, mm. either for the state or the defense. But if I listen to this and I accept this witness testimony, that actually, yes, she's a reliable, reliable and credible witness. And she says that she had screams and those screams by, 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 by a woman before she had gunshots. Then that would mean that actually this person, Oscar Pistorius, knew that it is possibly River Stenkamp behind the door and then proceeded to fire then that would be murder because that would mean he had the direct intention of actually shooting her. So so it's all those things that the judge has to go through with the learned assessors uh, looking at the evidence because she cannot just surmise and, 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 and say what she thinks happened. She has to rely and, she, and that's what she, she'll do in this matter. She'll actually refer to specific instances and tell us, I believe this witness. She was a good witness. She's got no mm. reason to lie and this evidence is significant for X reason. I don't accept so-and-so's uh, account because I think they are unreliable or they were liar or quite frankly they could have been mistaken for X, Y reasons. So she's got to give reasons as to why she finds in a particular way. She can't just say, well, I accept so-and-so's uh, testimony without giving us reasons. Well, on the forum at 8 this morning, looking at uh, the Oscar Pistorius trial in anticipation of judgment being handed down in the North Gauteng High Court uh, later this morning by Judge Togozile Masipa. And uh, we invite your calls, 891 and we're speaking to Tyrone Maseko, who's an attorney, criminal lawyer, and he is at the North Gauteng High Court as well. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks for staying with us this morning. 891 The lines are open this morning on the Forum at 8, uh, focusing on the Oscar Pistorius trial. And we're in conversation uh, with uh, criminal lawyer Tyrone Maseko. Let me just read some of the messages on Twitter before I go to the lines. Uh, this one here from uh, Jay Ponky. Jay Ponky says, the media has since been showing pictures that sympathize with Oscar and says nothing about Reva. We now know what the verdict will be. Super Beans 80 says, as much as he um, as we all want Oscar to be found guilty, we must leave a small window for disappointment. Uh, Koza K says, uh, interesting to read uh, the South African jury tweets on the Oscar trial. As an officer of the court, sub applies until Masipa rules. And then Aswate Bojo says, according to me, I think the judge is under pressure with regard to this particular ruling. And uh, Morure says, uh, okay, Morure, I'll uh, skip that one for now. Uh, Julius Nkosi O.J. Simpson's acquittal was because uh, the state failed to link him to the murder of Nicole and Goldman. Oscar, however, is linked. And I'll read more of your messages as we move along. But let's go to the lines. Uh, Len, you're calling us from Seapoint. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I think I have an interesting question. Um, your learned gentleman there, um, what, in his opinion, what percentage input does he think the two assessors will have in the eventual out, uh, outcome and the judgment. Interesting because, indeed. Because no, no, nothing, nobody whatsoever has made any reference to the assessors, and I think this is actually quite an important question. Okay, thank you so much, Len. Mokhomotsi uh, in Mutlake? Sakina, how are you? Well, and you? I'm okay, Sakina. I hear what the legal expert is saying there, but, but I think for me, with my layperson understanding, there are elements that show premeditated men. 
I mean, remember all the witnesses, uh, Sakina, in the complex were consistent that they heard the woman screaming. And when you look at Oscar himself, he couldn't maintain a single version. It, it, it was a mistake, there was an intruder. But remember, uh, Sakina, Oscar was also given uh, training in terms of handling firearms. But also what Harry Nell did was to show that uh, Oscar's propensity for violence, I mean, discharging of firearms in a restaurant, firing through an open uh, car, uh, that uh, question about the zombie stopper at the, the shooting range. So, so totally, I, I firmly believe that the state has proven that there was an intention on his part to actually murder. Okay, Thank you. thanks, Um Eric and Polokwane, what do you think? Yes, how are you? Well, and you? I'm okay. Thanks, Akina. And yeah, Leonard guest there. I would like to ask, I didn't follow the trial completely, but there is one question that I want to know. Um, before he left uh, Pistorius, before he left the bed, did he first ask or shout in the house, where is a uh, uh, river? Or he just went there, not asking where is her fiancé. The other thing, if you are two in the house, is it important, the two, meaning male and female, Mm -hmm. is it important, the lovers, is it important for you to get into the toilet and lock? Okay, got you there, Eric. Bruce in Randburg, good morning. Yeah, morning, guys. Two highlights for me, or two of the main highlights for the trial was one, the effectiveness of the public prosecutor, you know, I find it strange when people say, well, you're being a bit harsh on, 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 on witnesses. Yeah, that's his job. And I think we should celebrate that because he's really done a good job. And the second interesting thing has been the fact that Oscar Vittorius is incapable of, of controlling his emotions. You know, this grotesque display of crying. You know, he's had a year to prepare for this trial. Uh, the murder is a very serious crime. And I'm not sure if he thought that crying on this on this. Uh, you know, in the front of the court's going to bring him more sympathy. But I just I just thought that was a very bad taste, him not being able to control his emotions after all this time. That's an interesting perspective, Bruce. Thank you so much, Bruce, from Randburg there. Tyrone, um, a very interesting issue is being raised here. Um, but let's start with Len uh, talking about the input of the assessors. Yes, they're very important. Um, uh, probably not unsung, but uh, they're very important because their role is this. They have to assist the court in dealing with uh, with factual testimony. So there'll be a lot of discussions between. I mean, they're in a fortunate position that they can actually discuss the matter with the uh, with the learned judge because nobody else, absolutely nobody else, can discuss the matter with the judge. But they can. So they would assist the court in that regard, as regards factual findings. But what they cannot do is they cannot make findings of law. Only the judge can make findings of law. And um, with regard, he wanted to know how much weight do you think, you know, their input will carry in the judge's final verdict? It's very difficult to say. It's, it's not like the judges ever refer to the input of the assessors when they deliver judgment. They simply deliver judgment as they see things. And for all intents and purposes, it sounds as if they made the decision alone. So they don't really take us into the comfort or we don't really privy to what happens behind the scenes, discussions in chambers with, with, with Leonard assessors, unfortunately. So it's difficult to say how much weight, uh, in, you know, to apportion an appropriate um, uh, weight to the input in this process. Suffice it to say that it is significant, I think. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.
On the Forum at 8 this morning, we're focusing on the Oscar Pistorius trial. Just about an hour to go before a Judge Togozile Masipa starts handing down her judgment in this trial that has lasted over six and a half months, 37 witnesses later. And finally, we've arrived at that moment when we will hear what the judge actually thought of the cases presented before her during this time. And this morning we're speaking to criminal attorney um, Tyrone Maseko. He's helping us out this morning and answering your questions. Love to hear your views on this particular trial, what it meant to you, which questions are still outstanding for you, what it is that your thoughts are. And uh, of course, uh, 0891 that's the number to dial. We'll continue taking your calls as we speak to Tyrone Maseko. And uh, don't forget uh, the SMS line is 3470 Twitter and Facebook messages at Sakina Kamwendo or at AM Live on SAFM. Um, Wendy, I see you. I'll come to you in just a moment. I just want to read some of the SMSs coming through. Zakele in Tabazimbi says, This is a guilty verdict. No two ways about it. Mike Newland says, Why does Rue say that some witnesses refuse to testify because of TV? Why did he then not just subpoena them? And this one says... Um, from the ANC bias, Tani killed the most respected judge and found guilty, and no ANC women protested but are readily prepared to march for Oscar, who killed uh, his girlfriend. Shame on them. And then um, Wolf and Fishhook says, The painful raw emotion on the faces of Reva's parents will haunt me for a long, long time. That's Wolf in Fishhook. And uh, Tyrone, before I go to Wendy, can we just uh, respond to some of the other questions that were put forward by our listeners? Um, Mukhamoti spoke about a premeditated murder, basically saying that, you know, he thinks that the state, ha- the state rather, has made its case in that regard. And then Eric's uh, asking a question about Oscar and whether Reva, uh, uh, rather, whether... Oscar inquired if Riva was in the room when he came back. Now, we heard that. It's unfortunate that um, Eric wasn't uh, listening to the trial. But as it played out, um, when Oscar came into the room, he did say, Tyrone, if I remember correctly, that, you know, he did try and speak to Riva. Yes, uh, perhaps better to start with the last question. That's right. I mean, uh, Oscar's evidence was that he, and I repeat, it's his evidence, mm. that he did uh, call out to River a few times and asked him to do various things or asked her to do various things. Um, the court will have to decide ultimately uh, what its finding is uh, in that regard, whether it accepts that evidence by Oscar Pistorius, notwithstanding all these other contradictions. So, But that, that element uh, did come up in, 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 the, in the trial and was dealt with. As regards to the question on premeditation, I, I suppose and so premeditation is a very nebulous concept uh, in, in, this con- in, in this context. One's got to be very careful to say, not to say just because they we think that uh, elements that are required to prove murder or certain facts such as the neighbor's testimony of what they heard and you're convinced that Oscar is guilty, that might be so. That might be so. But the question on premeditation is a slightly different one. It's mm. not asking whether you killed the person or not. We know that you've killed them. It's not asking whether it was murder. It is one step further than the fact that you actually killed them and you intended to kill them. It's asking whether... This is something that was connived, something that you thought about, you intended to do. You meticulously put in place a, a, a plan uh, 
in time to actually execute this for a particular reason. Now, a crime of passion, in most cases, is not premeditated. It is something that you do at that moment for because you are angry. And that is why you more often than not, you'll find that there is a direct intention to kill, but it does not mean that there is premeditation necessarily. So I, don't, I gave this example earlier. Say premeditation is, for example, you know, if 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 you killed your wife, as I said earlier on, because you wanted to claim insurance money, you you did this over time. That's contrived. It's a plan. Mm. But if you wake up in the in 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 the mid, middle of the of uh, the night and you have a, you have a lover's tiff and you fight with your with your girlfriend, it doesn't necessarily make it premeditated. You acted in that moment. Yes, you had the direct intention of killing that person, but it was not premeditated. That's the, the, the nuance. It's slight difference. Mm. And the question is, in this case, has the state actually proved that this was premeditated? And, and interestingly, on that point, uh, listening to the news with Vibakshni, uh, where she spoke about the users of social media, you know, saying that the likeliest verdict is one of culpable homicide. Now, of course, we're moving into the realm of speculation. But isn't it interesting, though, that uh, this would be the likeliest outcome that listeners and viewers expect does it also speak then to the fact that in their minds the state hasn't conclusively proven premeditated murder you know i think that you know once a couple homicide in this case it was as far as i'm concerned was always a bare minimum mm. because on oscar's pistorius's own version it seemed that his actions were not reasonable uh, he was somewhat negligent on his own version. So I'm not surprised in one sense that a lot of people will think that he's going to be convicted of culpable homicide because it is the lowest common denominator. It's quite clear that, you know, those elements have somewhat been proven. So there's no doubt in that regard. So I can I, I can appreciate a lot of people having that view. The question, uh, at least for us legal pundits, is whether there is enough evidence to sustain a murder charge. As I said, I don't think that premeditation has been proven, but mm. the question is, did he, did he murder Riverstein Camp? And it's a more difficult question, and that's why maybe a lot of people might feel that, well, perhaps that might not be the finding of the court. But, mm. you know, having looked at the, the elements and, and my opinion of the witnesses and the evidence that's been led in this matter, I find it difficult to see how... Uh, especially if you consider Oscar Pistorius's own testimony. He didn't sustain his own defense of uh, uh, putative self-defense. He said nothing that can convince the court that actually he really well and truly believed it was an intruder. He and didn't. we'll come back to your question, Bruce. I'll definitely, definitely put that to Tyrone. But I just want to go to Wendy in Hillcrest, uh, who's been holding. Thanks for your patience, Wendy. My pleasure. Um, morning, Sakina. Just a question to Tyrone. With the definition of premeditated murder and murder, surely it doesn't matter who was behind that door. He had the intent to kill them, whether it was Reaver or an intruder, and he had that intent to kill. So surely that should be murder. All right. Thanks so much, Wendy. That's when it really gets complex and in questions of 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 law come in because... Remember that intention is takes various forms. It takes a form of uh, direct intention and indirect intention, or this dollars eventualis that's been you know, we've spoken often about. So in this case, the prosecution has really gunned for a direct intention. Now, 
If one then says, well, hold up, we know that it was not uh, um, an intruder behind the door. And you, Oscar Pistola, said that you believed it was an intruder. And we saying that, well, actually, whether it was an intruder or not, it matters very little because uh, you had the intention of killing that person. Remember that killing a person doesn't necessarily mean that you, 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 you're guilty of murder. There are certain circumstances where one could raise um, uh, self-defense. Mm-hmm. And so when, but you cannot raise self-defense as it were in a case where there was no threat to you. But what if you believe that there was a threat? Mm. Then you can still raise uh, a, a defense that sort of looks like self-defense, but it's slightly different. It, it, it uh, compensates for the fact that it, there was no threat to you. But you well and truly believe that there was. Now the court does not, sorry, the, the, the law does not prejudice you for believing, truly well and truly believe. And that's a big thing. Did you genuinely believe? Because if you genuinely believed that uh, it, it was an intruder behind the door, then you are not guilty of having killed uh, uh, the person who was behind the door. The only difficult thing is where you entitled. Let's assume you were right that there was an intruder. And that's where your, your caller is going. If you, if you believe it was an intruder, did you have a reason to kill? And I think that, yes, there is scope for dollars eventualis here because Oscar Pistorius in any event would not have had a right to kill that person if they were behind the door because the threat was not imminent and it was not clear that there actually was a threat posed to him. So you would have had to be more careful. But then again, those are arguments you can also make with culpable homicide for negligence that you acted negligently. Mm. And it's going to be very interesting to see how they... I'm particularly interested in how the judge is going to, to navigate this particular argument. That to me is very important. Speaking to um, attorney Tyrone Maseko this morning, talking about the Oscar Pistorius trial. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's D-Day in the Oscar Pistorius trial this morning. Judge Togozile Masipa is expected to hand down judgment starting at half past nine this morning in the uh, Gauteng High, uh, the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria. This morning we're speaking to attorney Tyrone Maseko and taking your calls as well. And before we go to that, Tyrone, though, I want to come back to something that Bruce raised that I thought was very interesting. Bruce says that... You know, the one thing that Oscar clearly displayed was that he's incapable of controlling his emotion. All those outbursts that he had. And given what the state was putting before the court, do you think that his uncontrollable emotional outbursts actually could have harmed his case? It could have. But, I mean, you know, you've got to remember that the courts um, and the judges, uh, they're very careful when they're dealing with these matters. They're not going to send you to jail because they think you are angry, uh, an angry person. That's not the test. They're really interested in uh, what happened that particular day. And so, yes, it doesn't help that you take the stand and you are uh, very abrasive on the stand and and, and, uh, evasive at times. Uh, and you've got emotional outbursts. But I, 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 that just hurts. You know, when you're trying to make out a case, what you want to do is be very straightforward and answer the questions as best as you can because then you come across as a believable witness, as a credible witness, and then the court is more likely to accept your version. So all that that does is really affect your credibility.
so that's as far as I think it can go. It doesn't really explain what happened that particular day. Because the important thing uh, to remember, Sakina, is that it's, you must never ever paint someone by a particular brush because of their past deeds. And that's why generally in courts we don't uh, evidence of your character is not admissible as a person. Who are you? Generally, are you someone who's uh, who tends to do these things and so now we're going to find you guilty because you know you've shown in the past that you've got a propensity of doing certain things it doesn't work that way it wouldn't be right because it could mean that on that particular instance that's not you that's what you that's what you did so the court is very careful to actually not pay too much attention to uh, your, your character Mm. And um, uh, just uh, uh, we see that uh, our colleagues telling us that uh, Oscar Pistorius's brother uh, has just been wheeled into court. And Carl when we Pistorius. spoke to yes, and and, and earlier, <laughs> when we, you know we, we we actually when we spoke earlier, uh, uh, we didn't expect him to show up in court. But obviously, a very important day to show solidarity for the Pistorius family. And um, just looking at some of the SMSs coming through, Stair says, interesting that no one has asked for the death penalty in proceedings, protesting on talk shows for Oscar, and also saying that the interesting part uh, for him was the role played by TV. It brought us an understanding of court procedures, and I'm also proud of black lawyers who were guests. And then Chris in Pretoria says, I don't remember Oscar being charged with premeditated murder. Replay Harry Nell's presenting of the charges on day one uh, of the case, and you will not hear premeditated, just murder. That's from Chris in Pretoria. Tyro? Uh, it's a matter of opinion. <laughs> I disagree with Chris. And uh, this one says, unsigned, despite everything, Oscar cannot imagine himself in jail. Another SMS says, I was convicted of a similar crime. The state proved murder on circumstantial evidence, but could not prove a premeditated. Hence, I was sentenced to 15 years. I'm out on parole after serving seven and a half. Pastorias will get 10 or less. That's from MF in Pretoria. JPE says, uh, this was not a premeditated murder, but a crime of passion. What Reva said or did to bring Oscar to this state, we will probably never know. And then Mike says, uh, the last high-profile person convicted by Nell was Jackie Salebe, who sits comfortably at home. Will Pastoria suffer the same fate? I think so. Lunka says, SK, the most disturbing thing is if anybody is sentenced to life imprisonment, you can bet they will be walking free after 12 years. And uh, this unsigned SMS says, if you have contacts in this country, you can get away with murder. So Oscar will spend only two years under correctional supervision. And NJ and George says, assuming guilt, when is the sentencing likely to take place? place okay let's uh, park nj's for a moment and just look at what uh, most of the other listeners are raising here the fact that they think that oscar will spend the minimum amount of time necessary in prison tyro uh let's prejudging things a little bit i mean, remember today we're still dealing with uh, issues of conviction whether oscar pistorius is going to be convicted or not i mean it's only a judgment stage so but let's cast the one eye forward and say Let's say he is convicted. It also depends on what is convicted of. If it's, as I've said earlier on, if he's convicted of premeditated murder, then there's minimum sentencing legislation that applies. And that simply means that it's somewhat taken out of the court's discretion what sentence is going to be imposed. And I say that and I caution it because my learned friends, other um, lawyers would be screaming out and say, well, but that's not entirely true. Because, you know, if he's able, a judge can depart from a minimum sentence 
under particular circumstances. If in those circumstances it is um, there are compelling circumstances, exceptional and compelling circumstances, which justify departure from the minimum sentence. But it's a completed argument, convoluted argument we can have later on after the judgment. So there is that. Or if it's convicted of murder, we can. It's in the discussion of the court. Obviously, the the defence wouldn't be too disappointed if he's convicted of culpable homicide because then they get an ability to really argue uh, in mitigation of sentence to try and get him the least sentence possible. And it's not unheard of to have um, uh, suspended sentences in that regard. And of course, uh, the focus has been broadly on the murder rap, but there's also other charges, um, ammunition uh, charges and uh, firearm-related charges. Uh, What are the possible verdicts for that? There, I, uh, my personal opinion is I haven't really seen a plausible defense put up by Oscar Pistorius uh, on any of them, quite frankly, other than to just simply deny. Um, so the court may very well find him guilty on those. And they're not as serious as the murder charge. So in, typically in instances where you violated the provisions of the Gun Controls Act, a sentence gets imposed for, um, an, for a first offense. And uh, it may even be suspended, and there may be an alternative of a fine that's payable. So that won't concern him too much, I don't think, which is not to say that the judge couldn't send him to jail without an option of a fine. And of course, depending on uh, what transpires, he could, of course, be found not guilty on all charges, guilty on all charges. All depends, as you rightly said, Tyrone. But let's just assume that he's found guilty. Obviously, one would think at this point that he will appeal. The question of appeal, it's not as straightforward as one might think because you, you don't just appeal for the sake of appealing. You need grounds to appeal. So uh, after today, the, the defense will study the judgment depending which way it goes. They'll sit down, they'll study, they'll see if they've got grounds to appeal because remember, first, they have to apply to the presiding officer for, um, for permission, uh, what we call leave to appeal to take the matter on appeal and they have to set out grounds on which they're taking the matter on appeal and the the court then decides whether let's say they come up with five grounds of appeal a combination of legal grounds and and and, and factual grounds then the court could say well you know what we agree that maybe another court could find differently on two of these but on the other three there's no prospect of success on appeal and so we're not going to grant you leave to appeal you cannot appeal those you can appeal uh, the other grounds go ahead, take your matter to the Supreme, Supreme Court of Appeals or a full bench or a full court, as it were, um, then you do it. Of course, I mean, he could still petition the SCA for the other three grounds to be given leave to appeal the other grounds. But, you know, it, it starts to get a bit technical in, the, in that respect. But yes, an appeal would be on the cards. But first, the defense team would have to sit down to see if they do indeed have grounds for appeal. And that is why this judgment is so important, because if, when, if the, that's why judges make sure that they actually give good reasons for, the, for, for their findings, so that it becomes difficult for you to argue against them if they're correct. Tyrone, here's a question from Tando MN on Twitter. Tando says, what significance was the contamination of the crime scene in compromising the premeditated charge? Uh, I mean, I can spend an hour talking about this, but the short answer is, in my opinion, it's totally irrelevant. Why is that? Because a crime scene, you know, issues of tempering with crime scenes are only relevant insofar as if, if Oscar Pistorius' argument was, I was not there, I didn't commit this crime, and the 
prosecution has to put him at the scene and prove that he was there then it becomes relevant you know things of fingerprints and the like what they found on the scene then you could say but those things were planted and the like but if you're already admitting that i was in the scene and i actually fired uh the, the gun that killed my girlfriend then what the scene what state the scene was in like they actually matter very they might not be totally irrelevant but they matter very little because then the question is why did you do it not how did he not so much what were the surrounding circumstances and um other uh, uh forensic evidence that is needed, needed to put you at the scene to prove that actually you were the person who did this that was never contention in this case so in my opinion this case really could have just turned only on and should on what oscar pistorius had in his mind since we know that he's the one who pulled the trigger the forum at eight on safm and uh, we're going to try and wrap it up now. Um, uh, Tyrone Maseko, here's another question from Advocate Tubi Molloy um, asking, uh, could you please ask Tyrone, what is the time frame for premeditated murder? Is it five minutes, hours, weeks or months? Yeah, my learned friend being very, very smart, they ask you a very <laughs> technical question. Uh, I shall get him for that. Look, and that's where it really it becomes difficult is that there isn't, quite frankly, there actually isn't a definition of how long must you plan this thing for it to be premeditated. It's left in the discretion of the court. Yes, there are various decisions that that look at a particular set of facts and say, well, in this case, it was premeditated. But there's no rule that says it has to be a day, two days, a couple of hours. The question is, on those particular facts, as you look at them, does does it give you the impression that this person actually really connived and planned this thing? So... Um, in fact, you know, when we talk about premeditation, we actually even try and stay away from, from using the word planning because planning has got a, a different connotation. Uh, connotation. Yeah. So it's, and that's why I say it's a very nebulous concept, but uh, it's something that, you know, we continuously work with. And, uh, but in short, there actually really isn't a proper definition. They, you'd go, go in any stretch, you will not find a definition of what is this premeditation in murder. It's, the court has to, to, to draw inferences. Uh, on facts that are presented, whether it was premeditated or not. Tyrone Maseko, thank you so much for your time this morning. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, that brings us up nicely to the last half hour before Judge Togozile Masipa starts handing down that judgment. So time for you to go and get a cup of coffee. Make sure your radio is tuned in to SAFM or any of the other SABC stations that will be carrying this particular judgment. And uh, also, um, just to close it up, before I go, let me just read some of the messages here that have just come through. Uh, This one says, Congratulations to the media for televising this case. It has given some of us who have never been to court exposure and a bit of knowledge on how the courts operate. MW and Secunda says, I think that Oscar will be found guilty of murder. The murder weapon, uh, the firearm is a, a, a murder weapon and it's for killing people. The person killed, whether an intruder or not, someone was killed. And then the contents of um, the WhatsApp message tells a story. The judgment will surprise many. And Penny says, Oscar is surely guilty of murder he intended to kill whoever was in the toilet uh, sad valentine's day for uh, love and oscar uh, he made it a day of murder very upsetting and gulam says no matter what the verdict oscar will be a free man after a short while thanks to our so-called uh, life sentence and of course it really doesn't matter anymore because it's only half an hour before we know exactly who managed to sway and convince judge togozile masipa and her assessors that their case is indeed 
the most plausible. With that, thanks to you for your fantastic participation as always and to the production team for making sure it went out loud and clear. Nine o'clock, time for the news.